This is your boy, Jerry Jones, with another episode of Uninvited. All right. Okay, actually, it's not another episode. This is actually the first episode. Actually, this is the first draft. No, that's not true. This is the second draft of the first episode. Um, Here's the thing. I know um, very little about a lot. Um... But that doesn't stop me from talking about it, especially when it comes to things like sports, entertainment, politics. The one thing that I do have some knowledge in is is approaching things through an equity lens, specifically race. Uh, also, uh, we'll look at gender, we'll look at class. Um, but we're going to take a look at the things that are happening in the world, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna apply a. a, a fresh set of eyes and we're going to try to see things through the lens of of equity um so i'm excited to be taking this journey and i'm excited that you are willing to to be a part of this journey i hope you'll stick around for this and um for the maiden voyage and that you'll that you'll want to come back for more um but I, i i gotta be honest there's so much to get to there's so much to talk about uh, and I, I want to start, I, I should let you know, uh, I'm here in Kansas City. Um, my family's here, born and raised here, born in the Kansas side, raised in the Kansas side. Um, I am, I'm a Jayhawk. I'm a Kansas Jayhawk. Um, my family, it's like a second religion. We greet each other uh, with Rock Chalk Jayhawk and we always say goodbye with Rock Chalk Jayhawk and with a few of those sprinkled into conversations in between that have nothing to do with any, anything related to academics, um, or sports. So it it probably wouldn't surprise anyone that I would love to just jump right in and start talking about the school to our West, um, Kansas State University. Now, for those of you who are in, you know, in the area, in the Kansas City area, obviously, you know, Kansas State is a big deal, just like University of Kansas is a big deal. But nationally, everyone's starting to to pay attention to what's happening at this really, you know, what the school that's in, in the Little Apple. It's interesting that this school would be in Manhattan, Kansas. I don't know how we got a Manhattan in Kansas. We don't have time to go into that. Let me just tell you that it's nothing like the Manhattan that you're familiar with. Not even a little bit. Um, except the racism. <laughs> that that might be, the racism might be a part of the of the thing that you're familiar with in parts of Manhattan. Um, that that might resonate with with folks when we're talking about Manhattan, Kansas. So a week ago, um, a student. I'm not going to mention the student's name. It's not not worth mentioning his name. Um, posted. Uh, an inflammatory tweet about George Floyd and his sobriety. Just simply commenting that he'd reached a month of being drug and alcohol free. George Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis Police Department where Derek Chauvin kneeled on Mr. Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. One of the most horrific things. No, it is the most horrific thing I've ever watched on television. Without question. Um, It has set off 
um, a reignited movement. It doesn't, it didn't, it didn't ignite the movement, but it definitely um, added some, some oomph to the movement um, in support of, of Black Lives Matter. Um, I mean, we've all, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock um, or if you've been <laughs> too busy being pissed off for having to wear a mask because we have a killer virus out there and you are pissed off at the, at the mainstream news, maybe you didn't know that, that this happened. So anyway, the student, uh, Kansas State University student, you know, tweets this out. This was probably five days ago. So what I'm talking about isn't new, but what there's a the recent update. Um, so student athletes at K-State University sent a letter, a letter, a later, a letter <laughs> to um, university staff and to the athletic department laying out two objectives. One, they want a policy on the books that um, expels students who are practicing racist behavior. Two, uh, they want specific punishment. I think the kid's name is Jaden McNeil. I'm gonna I'm gonna confess with you. I, I kind of forgotten the kid's name, so I, I they, they Jaden McNeil. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of that. I hold. On, listen, here's the thing. I'm just gonna talk. I, I, I ramble. The people who know me and love me know I'm I am prone to ramble. Um, look, there are really there are some really good shows out there where the hosts don't ramble. I'm not one of those people. All right, but again, this is the maiden voyage. Even though I tried to trick you to make it seem like this was another episode when really it was the first episode. Anyway, going back to the kid. So they said, hey, this kid needs to. To, to have some serious consequences. And if he doesn't do that, we are prepared not to participate in any athletic activity. So the university had a press conference today and um, they have essentially said that they will not be expelling the student, but that they have taken some steps to uh, improve diversity at the university. So it'll be interesting to see what the student athletes do in response um, to the university's position. Um, whether, the, whether the student athletes accept the university's efforts or not, to me is not the point. Um, the point to me is that the students should never have had to be in that position in the first place. Why is it the student athlete that had to make these demands on behalf of themselves? Why are the coaches following their lead? Why are the athletic department administrators following their lead? These are students. I'm not, this is not critical of the students, by the way. They absolutely should be advocating for themselves, especially when there's no leadership from the university advocating on their behalf. In fact, it would seem that the university, the K-State University specifically has done more to lobby to protect the individual who clearly 
clear, clearly harbors some racist ideas. Don't know if the kid's racist. What I do know is that he was willing to broadcast his racist ideas on Twitter. And that those racist ideas have spurned protest. And to some level, it has spurred some sort of action. I would say not much. You know, I listen, any college or university who in 2020 says, you know, we're going to start a diversity program. If that's what you're doing in 2020, you are the problem. And that's what, kind of what I want to get into. It's not the student who, who tweeted that, that that's the problem. It's certainly not the athletes who are standing up for themselves. It is the sheer lack of leadership in places where leadership is required. That is the problem. There is no amount of diversity programming that is going to move your university, your college, your business, your trade association, your athletic league. You will never, you could stack diversity plans and strategies from here to the moon and it will do absolutely nothing to deal with race. Kansas State has a problem and it's a leadership problem. Uh, they don't have it um, where it's needed and where it's needed most right now is to protect all of their students and to recognize that the university and this is just, this is, listen K-State's in the news. It was Oklahoma State almost two weeks ago. It's the University of Texas. It's been the University of Missouri. It, it can go on and on and on. UCLA right now is having some issues, not necessarily around, not necessarily around race, but with regards to the treatment of athletes as it relates to COVID-19. And we could certainly get into that because the, the, the head football coach there, Chip Kelly, has had all sorts of different challenges from uh, his time, obviously, with um, San Francisco, with Colin Kaepernick, on to um, Philadelphia, with the Riley Cooper situation. We can go on and on and on. But what's missing right now is leadership. And um, K-State doesn't have it. And I would venture to say that if you were to do a a survey of universities in the Big 12 or any of these other um, Power Five conferences. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, in sports, college sports, uh, there's this, uh, what we call the Power Five. So these are athletic conferences comprised of colleges and universities and their various athletic programs. Big 12, which is what Kansas State, University of Kansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, they all belong to the Big 12. But then there's a, there's a group called the uh, Big Ten, which has more than 10 schools in it, which is weird. Um, I should note that the Big 12 only has 10 schools in it. Go figure. Um, there is the Pac-12, there is the ACC, and then there is the SEC. Those are what they would consider, I'm sorry, ACC, Athletic Coast Conference. 
um, and then SEC Southeastern Conference. Those are the five. Um, that if you were to go to those Power Five conferences, that most are probably in a similar boat, I would say. You know, maybe they don't have folks who are tweeting about it, um, but there is racism that's taking place there. And it doesn't mean that the institutions are purposely and intentionally being racist. But what it is saying is that they are operating on a set of racist ideas. Um, for those of you who are like, well, what's a racist idea? Uh, I would highly um, recommend um, Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to, Be How to Become an Anti-Racist. Um, where the definitions are clear, I would absolutely Google. I think, here's the thing, guys. Google is free. Um, so I'm going to say some things um, that, here's the thing. Can I just say, I, all right, I'm going to say something a little controversial here. This is where um, Donald Trump has been really good for someone like me, right? Because, and this is this is not from me. This is from um, the 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 great and enter, entertaining, um, very thoughtful podcaster Van Lathan. And I was listening to his Higher Learning podcast. I would highly recommend that if you're looking for an, for a really good podcast, where they're they're taking on things that are happening in the world today, Higher Learning um, is 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 a great one on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm not affiliated with that, not a promotion. I'm just telling you it's really good. Um, but what Van Lathan, not to be confused, not to be confused with Van Jones. I'm not affiliated, not related to Van. I'm afraid that sometimes, at times I might have a little Van in me. I'm just going to put it out there, okay? I'm not, hey, I think, I think self-acknowledgement is the key. Okay, um, but Van Lathan, the good Van, right? There's good Van and bad Van. Good Van, Van Lathan. Essentially, is like, hey, the thing about Trump is that it he requires in order in order for you to buy into the premise of the Trump supporter in their mindset is that you both have to believe that this man is the most together, most astute, most accomplished. He is a statistician, X's and O's guy. Um, you have to believe that and, and at the same time, believe that he is responsible for absolutely nothing. Okay. Well, you're like, well, why is that good? Why is that good for you? What does that, what does that have to do with you? Well, what it means is that I feel like with Trump, you, you don't, you know, there's, there's so many things beyond explanation that you just kind of like, you just kind of throw up your hands. Whereas what I, I'm just going to say some things and I'm like, know that you can go to Google and fact check me. Okay. So it, when I say that Kansas state and I'm going to, I'm going to call out my university, I would imagine that university of Kansas, other great you know state universities and universities all across the country, you know, operate or hold certain racist ideas and that many of those ideas have been cemented in policy. One of those racist ideas is that Kansas State is saying that they cannot expel this kid, this student, who clearly, clearly was communicating a racist idea on Twitter. They can't, um, 
They can't expel him. There's nothing they can do. So they're saying there's nothing they can do about stamping out racism in their university setting. I would say that is that is clearly a racist idea because the idea behind racism is to perpetuate itself. And if the law says there's nothing you can do to stop racist ideas, racist thought, racist actions from spreading, that's inherently a racist idea. And so it'll be interesting to see now what these student athletes do. But whether they decide to play or whether they decide not to play, I support them 100%. What I will not support are do-nothing reactionary coaches, athletic departments, and school administrators who are going to let students suffer from racism and do absolutely nothing. I think I, I do think it's bold that Coach K, Nick Saban, like some of them, some of the more recognizable coaches in, in college athletics have come out in full-throated support of Black Lives Matter. Um, that is important. Uh, and yet, it, I, I don't know how meaningful it is. I don't see the meaning behind it when you, you've got these leaders. These are leaders of young men. Um, fascinatingly enough, speaking of men in race, that in America, the only athletes, I, I, I don't want to say only, but I will say this, that the leaders in athletics in this country for standing up against racial oppression are women. Again, Google's free. Look up National Women's Soccer League. And tell me, find me another, find me uh, NBA, find me NFL, find me another organized sport in America who has been more outright than the National Women's Soccer League and the WNBA. Good luck. Find it. They're leading it. It's not, it's, it's not a coincidence that the Black Lives Matter movement started by and is led by women. Think about that for a second. How many, how many athletic departments, how many of these Power Five colleges and universities are being led by women? You can probably count them on both hands. Probably. I'm talking athletic directors and um, college presidents. On both hands, you could probably count the number of women who are either running an athletic department or running one of the Power Five schools and universities. So it's not a coincidence that it's the National Women's Soccer League, that it's the women's NBA that are leading the way. There's a reason why when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee 
the first prominent athlete to kneel that was not a football player was arguably the greatest American soccer player we've ever produced. Megan Rapina. I know some of you are going to disagree with me on that. On the, on the issue that she might be the greatest American soccer player that we've ever produced. I'm open for that argument. Abby Wambach. I, 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 I considered Abby Wambach the GOAT until I gave it up for Megan Rapino. Some of you are really not going to like that. Well, you're saying that the greatest soccer players are women. Uh, obviously. Of course. Of course they are. Like, really? What about Landon Donovan? I'm sorry, how many World Cups? I digress. That's going to happen a lot, by the way. I, I kind of I get into that. So, well, here's what I'm saying. It is already a win for these students at K-State. Just like to me, it's a win for the students at Oklahoma State. For the win of students at Texas. Who are like, we don't want to hear the eyes of Texas anymore. Just like uh, several years ago, the University of Missouri students who were who were to the very end, eleventh hour, were going to boycott a football game against BYU if they did not get the resignation of one of the presidents at the school, and and that president did resign. The students are doing their part. It's now time for these academic institutions and their leadership to actually do their part and lead. Stop following. Nick Saban doesn't follow his, his student-athletes on the field. Coach K doesn't follow the lead of his players on the hardwood. So our expectation is now, men, lead. That's it. Do, do the thing that you're paid to do. Do the thing that you're paid several million dollars a year to do. Do your job. Lead. That's all I got on K-State, but I, I, I want to talk about something else now. Because on the whole, there's really not much interesting about K-State other than this, right? And it's sad that the only thing that, that that's worth talking about with K-State is this, but I'm going to move on from K-State. I want to talk actually about Karen a little bit. Um, Karen has had... Karen has won 2020. I know we're only halfway through, but if I were to give... It's July 1st, by the way. Uh, so if I had to give my mid-year award for who's won the year, who's won the mid-year or the MVP, if they were, if we were assessing the MVP as of today, Karen. Karen has clearly won. Um, and she has the internet to thank for that. Um, Karen does not enjoy wearing masks apparently um karen recently um decided to dress up as the hamburglar <laughs> and um i don't know what kind of gun that was maybe some of the gun experts can kind of chime in and tell me what that was it looked like it could have been a nine millimeter i don't know um but she took to her yard to intimidate um protesters peaceful protesters with her husband ken um who he actually looked like if if ken if 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 ken from barbie 
had just decided to say, screw it, I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on, you know, 40 pounds and start wearing Dockers in a, in a pink, um, polo with an AR-15, you know, and they clearly like a, uh, it's almost like they are, um, it's like they're Barbie's parents or grandparents. Like they come out of this thing and it's like a mausoleum. I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, it, it, it you know, and it, I mean, we're in quarantine. We're in quarantine. I could understand if they came out in t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops. I could get it if, if maybe they hadn't showered in two or three days, but they came out of the house like that. They came out of... I mean, did they not look at each other and go, hey, man, like, what is happening here right now? It's really disappointing um, that in quarantine that they that they got dressed and said, hey, I'm, I'm okay with this. I mean, I get it, though. I absolutely get it. I, Hey, man, I've had plenty of my days of screw it, okay? I get it, but I don't know. But when, when you get that kind of, of rage, you would think that if you're under self-quarantine, you'd be excited that if you had, like, 40 or 50 people walking down the street is just seeing people but most of these people were black so they didn't they didn't want to they didn't want to see him but i want to get back to karen because um she has taken um instagram and twitter and tiktok by storm um but i want to talk i want to tell you that karen is not actually the problem um Karen is uh, a symptom. And uh, I think we need to go easy on Karen. And what I mean by that, I listen, I'm I am thoroughly entertained by by <laughs> there was there was Trader Joe's Karen. Did you see that? Um, where she just talked about how she's got a medical condition and she can't breathe, but she sure could yell at anybody with a cell phone. Um, but even if, even if Karen's decided to get on their best behavior, even if Karen's decided that they were going to stop calling the cops on individuals barbecuing or, um, kids selling lemonade or, um, just people, you know, playing with a toy gun in a park, um, because I should say that not all Karens are women, by the way. Um, even if even if Karen got her act together, even if Karen capitulated and said, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with all of this stuff. I'm done being your your entertainment um, on Instagram. Even if all of that happened, that wouldn't actually do anything to to end racism. You see, that's episodic racism. And I would I would say, and, and we need more time to delve into this, but I would suggest to you that not only is it episodic racism, but buried within our desire to mock Karen, we are actually making her the straw man for racism. And embedded in that is sexism. Now, again... Part of the show, the whole thing with Uninvited is that I know a whole little about a lot. Um, and addressing issues of sexism is one of those areas that I really know nothing about. But I'm telling you how it feels to me because 
we can make fun of Karen and we can feel good about telling ourselves that, hey, I'm better than her. What we're really starting to do is that we're starting to paint Karen as the face for racism. And then if we could just get Karen to stop, that our problems would be solved. But I'm here to tell you, Karen, Karen's not running the police department. Hmm? Karen's not running the police department. Karen is not overseeing the, um, the COVID bailout which I learned just the other day that there were $130 billion unspent. Despite hearing that African-American businesses, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say black businesses. I know some people prefer African-American. I'm just going to say black businesses. Black businesses are twice as likely to fail during COVID than white businesses. And yet there's $130 billion unspent that was designated to go to support local businesses. Knowing, knowing what we know about the failure rate, the survival rate, I should say, of COVID, that instead of saying we are going to spend this $130 billion to, to save black businesses, to save businesses of indigenous people, of Latinx people, of people of color, we're just going to, we're just going to be good with leaving $130 billion on the table and we're just going to let those businesses fail. You can't put that on Karen. Karen had nothing to do with that. It wasn't Karen that put redlining into place. It wasn't Karen that started Jim Crow. It wasn't Karen. Karen had nothing to do with that. So we can continue to be entertained and distracted by Karen, or we can begin to focus on racism. So I, I called it um, episodic racism. And I'm sure the Karens of the world, certainly some of them who have been dropping the N-word, definitely harbor racist ideas. But their racist ideas aren't becoming policy. Absolutely, there is a role. You know, I think that the, the Karen that really kind of spawned this, this COVID era, COVID era Karen, I will call her, was um, Amy Cooper. Um, and Amy Cooper, absolutely, and the Amy Coopers who have preceded her, the Karens who preceded her, I should say, have, have weaponized their whiteness and their gender to um, invoke punishment on black men. That's real. So I'm not, I'm not saying that we should go easy on Karen from that perspective. What I am saying, the longer we focus our energy on Karen, racism, actual, real, meaningful, transformational in the worst possible way kind of racism is happening right underneath our nose. And so what I'm suggesting is that maybe we give Karen a break 
from our attention and our focus and we go to the source we go to the real racism okay um i'd love to know i'd love to know your thoughts on that um i really don't want to give her any more time but just to say wear wear a damn mask i think that's the last thing i would say to karen after all of the ranting after all of the really, really poor behavior. And this is not just for the female Karens. This is for the, especially, this is especially for um, the Karens with guns, the Karens who show up at state capitals, who show up at city council meetings, um, who roll up in their yard with a pink polo shirt and an AR-15. Wear a damn mask. I think that's all. That's all. That's all we're asking for. Just wear a mask. That's all. That's all I got on on Karen. Um, you know, we're up on time. I'd love to get into Will and Jada. Oh, that's right. This is not news. Why are we talking about Will and Jada like that's news? That is not news. What would be news is Will making a movie worth watching. That would be news. How, how about that, right? I mean, I feel like um, the story had meat on it when Will was still. Why am I? I'm, why am I going in on Will? I'm. Look, Hitch is one of my favorite movies of all time. Hitch was amazing. Um, Suicide Squad, underrated. Absolutely underrated. I will say this. I will say this on on Will. In Jada before I leave it. So, okay. They're talking open marriage. Clearly, Will and Margot Robbie. We can agree on that. I, I Their head's nodding. We, we, all, we all see it, right? What was that other movie? I feel like they did two or three movies together. There was the... Um, where Actually, no. That was a good movie. I just don't remember the name of it. He was... Uh, he was a confidence man. And he... Um, would take people for money. Um, and Margot Robbie was his protege. And then she kind of goes off to do her own kind of operation. And what was that? I don't remember the name of it. That's a problem when you can't remember the name of the movie, but you know the things, you, you know all the things. Um, but other than that, who cares? Who cares? Will, Jada, do, do your thing. Um we don't really care. Can we talk a little bit though about Trump? Do we have time? We're going to make time. All right. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how we have a president who, I, I but I do kind of get it. I mean, are you, are, have you never retweeted something that you didn't fully like listen to or read? I'm the worst with articles like that and so I, I always try to tell myself before I tweet something out um, to make myself look really smart actually read the article um, and, and the people on medium lie can I just tell you that they lie um, when they say it's a five to seven minute read that's almost always not true because it assumes that you don't have other apps open um, or that you're not responding to email um, because you're working and you're supposed to be working, but you're also trying to read the Medium article. 
Um, so they lie. But I, so I guess what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that I get it when the president's like, oh, I didn't hear that. But when you re- retweet, I can't say that word. I'm just going to, I'm going to screw that up all the time. So you're like, does Jerry have a speech impediment? Kind of. Retweet of the white supremacist post. He's like, oh, I didn't hear that. Not sure how you didn't hear it, considering how it shows up in the first eight seconds. Um, and it's problematic that a president would be showing support for those really fine people who are white supremacists. There's a trend here. There's a trend here, folks. And I, I, I think that when people show you who they are, I think you need to believe them. And um, it's it's trouble it's troublesome, and, and he should be asked to resign. I, I will try not to get too political, except to say that this isn't political now. Um, he tweeted in support of racism. And I guess the, 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 the lesson here is don't retweet it if you don't really believe in it. Don't retweet something for, for clicks. Don't retweet, this is me talking to myself, um, articles that you yourself haven't read to get um, clicks and likes. It's not worth it actually do the thing actually read the thing i listen the president also said no i never heard of that that whole murder for hire thing oh but we briefed you uh we briefed you back in february oh i didn't see that i didn't read that that's what i'm saying before we criticize the president for not reading a briefing can we at least read our email all the way through regardless of how long and pointless they are? Can we at least read them? Because who knows what kind of nugget could be in there. And, and I'd be curious to know, I mean, was it like headline? Was it like in bold? Like, Hey, your boy Putin is paying to kill our soldiers. Was it like that? Or was it kind of buried like in the third or fourth bullet knowing that he wasn't going to read it. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I know it sounds like I'm making excuses for him, but there really is no excuse for that. But I'm just saying that in order for us to, to remain on the high horse, I think we should for in our own line of work in our own lives, actually read the things that come before us um, and actually have some facts. Now, I get it. You're talking to a guy who knows a little about a lot. Um, so me like telling you to go and, 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 and read the stuff um, is it's very it's very uh, I don't know. I feel like it's very Trumpian. It's very, it's very, uh, it, it does remind me of many of my, my friends on, on Facebook, um, who implore me often to read the article that, <laughs> that they've posted that proves that my point of view is wrong. And I never do. Um, but maybe I should, maybe I should, maybe I should, I should understand their point of view. Um, before completely just writing them off. Um, listen, this has been, it's been fun for me, right? Um, I hope it's fun enough for you to come back. 
Um, keep in mind, I, I haven't even edited this. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, what you're hearing now may not actually, actually it is going to be, um, because I have no idea how to actually run this board yet. Um, but here's the thing though, we're on a journey together and this is going to get better every time. And I would love, um, for you to stick around, um, because no one's gonna, no one's ever gonna invite me into the space, and I would imagine that most of you probably aren't gonna get invited into the space where we're able to have conversations about what's going on in the world and looking at things through the lens of of equity and race, gender, and class. And I know, like, I didn't get into a whole lot of that today, um, but that's where I'm coming from. And if you if you want to be a part of this journey, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's stick with it. I'm going to get better at this. Um, you're going to get a better experience from me each time, uh, with this. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this with you. So thank you for joining this maiden voyage of uninvited and, uh, let's talk soon.